As an adventure guide on her first Into the Deep retreat, she checks her compass, tells everybody, follow me, and she heads off in the exact wrong direction. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today we're taking a little bit of different direction uh, with our uh, guest. We have uh, an adventure guide that leads people in the very opposite direction that they're supposed to be going on. Her first adventure retreat into one of her Into the Deep retreats. Um, she gathered everyone together and said, okay, we're off into the wilderness. She checked her compass and headed off in the exact wrong direction. So we thought, well, maybe if she came on our show, at least she could speak some through uh, experience of uh, giving us maybe a little bit of guidance and direction in our own lives. You know, um, a few days ago I was out surfing. It was a, it was a challenging day just to paddle out. Uh, and I, as you probably know, I love to stand up paddle. I think it's the best workout there is. Since I've been standing up paddling, I don't do any any other real workout other than lifting uh, women. As you know, I do um, I do um, tandem surfing where we lift women in extreme lifts while we surf. But other than that, uh, stand up paddle surfing and, and beach walking basically gives me all the workout I need. And I've never been in better shape or stronger in my life. But having said that, uh, the surf was up. It was probably um, eight eight-foot faces, so not really huge, but I was surfing in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and that's kind of hard uh, to just to get out into the lineup on a day like that. So I was paddling hard, uh, going right through this wall of waves and then over waves, and finally got to the outside, and I'd surfed a few really great waves, but very, very technical, uh, cross currents and a rip going uh, out, a cross currents going across, a little bit of a wind bump. So it was really technical. You had to really choose the waves you were going to drop into. And when, you, when you're standing up paddle surfing, it's kind of like jumping off a high board. You know, when you're, you're standing up on your board, it's very unstable, and you're paddling and trying to catch a wave at the same time. And you're standing up so high, and then when there's a, a decent-sized wave, it's almost like you're free-falling off the top of a high board. You know, you're just you're standing up. You're not prone in a prone position laying down and dropping in. So the still, stability of the board is even more critical. And uh, a perfect wave came. I could see it out on the horizon like a whale's hump way out on the horizon. So I started paddling, angling to it, look where the wave was coming. And I, w- I met it just about right, turned my board, and then the wave started running off a little bit uh, north. So I'm paddling hard to catch it, uh, and I'm a little bit behind the peak. So I was going to do what surfers call going into the back door. We, instead of um, being a little bit ahead of the peak, I was behind the peak. But the wall looked like it was going to be extending for a long ride uh, going north. So I'm trying hard to get in this wave, digging, digging, digging really hard. My, my, my face is almost just a few feet from the nose of the board. I'm leaning over so hard as I'm standing up on my board and paddling uh, to drop in. And as I go to drop, I realize the door is closed, and I would be able to catch it, but I'd just be running through a lot of white water and probably never get to the open face. So I thought, I want this wave. This is the best wave of the day. So that meant I would have to re-angle my board at the last second and drop in left where the wave was really bowling hard and hollow, and there was just an elevator drop waiting for me going that direction. So I just heard myself as I made that change of trajectory, yelling out, screaming to my body, screaming to my soul, screaming to my mind, believe. I was screaming it really loud, and I, and I had to paddle with all my might. There's times when I've paddled 
that hard where I've actually snapped my paddle. And I'm paddling, and then here, and I just, and, and what I meant by believe is I knew I could drop into the wave. The question is whether I could make it. And as I dropped in, I knew I had to somehow get that board turned a little from the north towards the south, just enough so I could make a bottom turn and angle a little bit. Otherwise, I would do what they call purling, which is where your nose of a bo- the board goes underwater and kind of digs for oysters. It's, it's not a pretty sight when it's an 8 to 10 foot face and you, you kind of cartwheel down the face of the wave and then it sucks you up and throws you over the falls again just for fun. And I saw, I, as I'm dropping in, uh, I'm, I'm leaning almost to the nose of my board and then I'm able to, as I drop in, I just have to step on the tail of the board and try to lift that nose up and the nose is just skimming, just underwater, above the water, underwater, above the water, just about digging in for the be- one of the best horrible wipeouts of my life. And somehow I made that wave and I went left and it was screaming and hollow to the left. It wasn't as long, but it was more hollow. And it was just the greatest wave of the day, the greatest wave in a, in a while. And I'm saying that because some of you right now in your life are facing a situation where you thought you understood the direction you were going to be going in your life. And as you're paddling in, as you're starting to move in that direction, you realize, wait a minute, this isn't fitting. This isn't going to go the way it needs to go. But to go in the opposite direction just seems so hard. It seems, it seems like it's not possible. It seems like you may not have the moral virtue or the sense of, uh, or the sense of personal power to make the right decision. And so it's, instead of making it difficult, make it easy. When I saw the door was closing, I thought I could go that way and have a mushy, not-so-good experience and wouldn't go well, or I could go the opposite direction with all my might and power, and maybe I would have the, the wave of my life. And we say in, in, uh, in our ministry that the most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wildness of the adventure of God's will. How do you know it's God's will? Well, you have a life of prayer, first of all, that helps give you that sense of peace and direction that God's calling you to. But right now, if you're, if you're dropping in and you've got a direction you know you just shouldn't be going, go through the checklist. Is what you're about to do prudent? Is, is what you're about to do just? Are you giving your due, your due uh, to someone else, to yourself, or to God? Is what you're doing uh, showing temperance or self-mastery? Is the direction you're about to go uh, showing courage, or are you just chickening out by going that direction? Are you showing faith? Are you showing hope? And most of all, are you showing love? Do the checklist like uh, a pilot does, the pre-flight checklist before they, they take off on an airplane. Are you, are you living, are you making a decision in accordance with the seven virtues? Justice, prudence, self-mastery, fortitude, faith, hope, and love. Uh, this is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. We're going to have a really cool guest. I'm excited to have Jen Messing on our show. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio, the bold standard in radio. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio with a warning. Do not tune into our show unless you're ready to step out of your comfort zone and into the danger zone of the adventure of God's will for your life. Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on your EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and you're listening to Deep Adventure Radio with the one and only Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and today we have... As our guests, you know, the people who follow our show like to call themselves the renegades. 
And today we have a real rebel on our hands. I mean, she's just confessed to me just off air that she still uses a dumb phone, that she, she, she refuses to use a <laughs> smartphone. She's, so she's a radical. I really don't even know if we can had anyone so radical on our, on our show before. And, you know, we always call our co-hosts uh, for the day uh, our co-adventure guide. But I'm a little bit, a little bit a- uh, apprehensive about giving Jen Messing from, uh, from Into the Deep uh, organization that, that uh, street cred because I understand on one of her, most, her, her first uh, retreat that she did, her, her, her first uh, hiking that she did when she was leading the great Christopher West from Theology on the Body – couldn't have been a more prolific person other than the Pope, maybe, that she could be leading. She led him directly on the, in the wrong direction on her hike. So, so Jen, um, I thank you for being willing to be on our show, but we think we better find a better guide. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. Thank you. Very good to be here. So, so what, tell, talk story with us about that event, because um, we would really like to embarrass you right off the bat. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually quite humbling. <laughs> the first hike of my first retreat through Into the Deep, I was looking at the map, looking at the compass, and I proceeded to lead everyone down the wrong direction of the trail. So we ended up at a dead end and then realized where we were and went back up the other direction, lost a little bit of time, but proceeded to have a desire to get to the summit. And uh, when we proceeded upward and onward it was basically the uh ravine of runoff water in the springtime you know how sometimes they're very rocky and steep if you've ever hiked in that or on i don't know but it's an incredibly beautiful but very rocky um and very steep there are a lot of steep areas and so when we we headed up <laughs> uphill we we found that not everybody was at the same pace so we ended up losing a little bit more time again by the time we got to the top, we we actually had a, an epic experience of having mass at the top. We had a priest with us, so we had mass at the, at the top while sunset was going on. But that also meant that the entire the entire trip down was in the dark, and the epic leader managed to blow off bringing her headlamp along. So I was going down with the light of other people, when that's like a number one thing that you. You take with you everywhere you go as a safety thing, no matter what. And I left it behind. And <laughs> I could think of oh, yeah, so had... many uh, spiritual lessons from everything that you just. You know, everyone knows too. <laughs> by the way, that walking up, a, going up a steep hill, uh, especially a rocky type hill, is difficult. But going down is harder, right? And you it decided can be. to. And it you... can be. I mean, especially knowing where your feet are going. Right. Your momentum is very different going down, and your muscles are tired from going up. So. You're using muscles that you don't use as often, so yeah, it's and, definitely. You now, did you ever find all the people? Are there still people up in the Adirondacks <laughs> missing? Or? No, everybody came down. And in all reality, you want to hear something that's just God Himself is so beautiful. It was putting things in people's hearts. I, I as a leader, I had to let go of the fact that God is going to do something with these folks, and I can't always protect them from the spiritual lessons that <laughs> God will inevitably teach us, and it was actually incredibly beautiful. It was the number one thing that people talked about at the end of the week as being the most powerful and most beautiful hike that we did all week, so 
it ended up being great. I mean, we ended up <laughs> having, thankfully, our food was in the coolers in the back of the vans we were using, and so we were able to have supper right there on the spot in the parking lot at 10 o'clock at night when we got back down, and everybody was raving and all in great spirits, so it was it was incredibly beautiful, but very humbling for me as a leader. <laughs> a leader. <laughs> Ladies a, and gentlemen, she leads yeah. <laughs> retreats and she leads hikes into the you know precarious situations and and you you said you <laughs> took them in the exact opposite direction that you were supposed to yeah that was that was the way it started and it wasn't well, traumatic at that point because it was only a short distance but still it it added another hour onto what we were doing did and you did you backtrack or did you take a sh- did you did you have to backtrack or did you sh- take a shortcut it, to get to get back no nope, we actually had to backtrack it was a trail and it was actually one that went to a lake and then dead ended, and then we had to come back through the parking lot where we started. So it really inspired. It really inspired your 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 faithful followers, right? I mean, I'm just picturing. <laughs> so so, that, but there's a lesson in that. You know, a lot of us. I mean, there are people listening right now that are definitely going in the wrong direction in their lives, and they know it. And, and, and they've reached Amen. a dead end. And there's nothing more stupid than than reaching a dead end and keep hitting your head against the wall. You know. Um, you know, I, I heard the saying, the saying once, uh, it's kind of like this. This is the way God works in our lives. Uh, there's a man petting a cat, and the cat is just bristling. You know how their backs go up, and the cat is just hating mm-hmm. it because he's petting right. it against the grain of, its, of, of, the, of the fur. And, uh, and, and, but he's saying to the cat very gently, uh, t- turn around, cat. Turn around. If you turn around, what you're feeling might feel really good, but but because you're faced in the wrong direction, it doesn't. So, uh, so let, let's let's uh, reach out to people today. I, we all can uh, learn uh, from this experience that when you when you set off in the wrong direction, the smart thing to do is is to stop, uh, get your bearings, and turn around and let the uh, the challenge that let let uh, the correction that you're feeling coming from the Lord. Uh, is really just a, his graceful, gentle hand telling us to turn around. Amen. Amen. So, so you be humble enough to receive that direction. <laughs> but I, I'm so happy for you that that's the beginning of your retreat. That your very first thing you do is you, you, you took him off in the wrong direction. That's awesome. Hey, but tell us, were you one of these, you know, uh, one of these Catholics that just, you, you know, I hear the story so often. Uh, of people that just there was this gradual uh, growth in their faith. You were you were raised in the Catholic Church. Talk to us a little bit about that progression towards intimacy with God. Beautiful question. I I definitely would word it just as you said. Into the gradual progression toward intimacy with God is very accurate. It was something where I was raised Catholic. I never had a huge falling out. Uh, I stuck with it. I even in high school had an interest in learning more about my faith. And in fact, had a positive experience. <laughs> Unlike most people, uh, I, I went to Catholic high school. In fact, and I remember very distinctly my morality class being one of the highlights of my high school years because it gave me the the words to express why we believe what we believe. And I do remember getting into even discussions with friends and other classmates were, who didn't agree, and I was adamantly, you know, with the church and her teachings and. Um, didn't always live them out perfectly in college, but I did have a desire to, first and foremost, as I learned how to pray, wanted the Lord to be, like, my best friend. Like, I don't want other people to trump him, you know? And then as I started dating, it was like, okay, Jesus has to be first before I marry somebody. Like, he's got to be number one no matter what, even if I get married. And and then to continue down that track of 
you know, recognizing when the cross gets put on your shoulders that saying yes, even when you have to grit your teeth, is the only way to go because he's the one that's going to help you through it, and he's already on the cross, you know, like he's already carried it, and and to join him on that cross was was the ongoing difficulty, I think, of the remaining years of my <laughs> growth, you know, just up until where I'm at now. It's just really learning how to continue to say yes, yes, okay, even, oh, ouch, ouch, it hurts again, you know what I mean? Just like keep saying yes, keep saying yes, keep pressing on because on the other side of that cross is the beauty of resurrection and to to have that taste in your mouth of knowing that on the other side of this cross is going to be an amazing resurrection story. Like that has kept me saying yes. And, and I would say I've been spoiled. Like the Lord has really given me a great deal of experience with not only the cross, but being able to feel the resurrection on the other side, intimately speaking, like it's, it's that union with Christ that continues my journey onward. And, <laughs> and even when it's <laughs> not something you want to say yes to, you realize that this is the only way to go. Like it's, there's no yeah. other way to be in union with him, but to, to not resist um, being in union with, with him on the cross first. That's so interesting. You know, we it's it's we it's called persevering. You know, I you know, I had a you know, climbing a mountain. I used to, you know, I'm a ninja black belt, secondary ninja black belt, and I have uh we do a lot of our training in the mountains and a lot of it at night. And I remember taking my my uh two youngest sons who both uh, ended up getting black belts in in that area up into the mountains at night and training them. And I also remember I'm thinking now about the mountain climb that you did with your friends. You know, I, I remember as a black belt, uh, my first black belt, my first degree black belt, we hiked this mountain and we fought all the way up. You know, we'd take turns fighting uh, all the way up. So you finally get to that mountain, you're like, thank you. You know, and it was sunset. And of course, we had the same experience of going back down. But I remember mm-hmm. that we had to face this adversity. Well, part of, part of being a, a Christian is to be relentless in, in, in our, in our, uh, pursuit uh, of Christ and to embrace the cross. Um, the most um, masterful person in the world is someone who can embrace suffering, someone who can mm-hmm. suffer well. It means that they're yeah. not buffeted, uh, their, their moral stance and their emotions, their, their, uh, their um, faith uh, is not buffeted because of suffering. Right. If you can embrace suffering, uh, your faith is solid. And so uh, yeah. you saw that uh, as a young adult, and uh, and your faith just continued to grow. I guess you said until you had the this incredible experience with uh, the theology of the body uh, Congress, or mm-hmm. it talked yeah. talk to us about that. Yeah, that actually was a huge turning point, even as far as um, integrating everything that I had learned up until that point. I would say my Catholic education, having, you know, sat through some RCIA classes with a friend that was entering the church, I had started to really be able to articulate what it is that we believe. Now, just the backstory to this is that I have an undergrad degree in social work. So my desire was always to get out there and do whatever I could to help my fellow man. And um, But I was very aware of the fact that social work itself, like as in government-run programs, though they are needed at times and are a blessing at times, they aren't the the all-end-all answer. They don't actually get at the root of the problem. And I was extremely aware of that and also even was struggling with whether or not I wanted to go into full-out social work because I wanted to speak openly about my faith. So as I exited college and went into the working world, I, I worked for a time at a crisis shelter and then 
I did kind of an epic trip of my own driving. I had driven to Alaska. I was driving around the perimeter of the United States. I hit a moose with my car. I totaled it. I ended up on a Greyhound well, how, bus. How like, was the moose? Stuff, like, how was the moose? And I ended up not knowing what I wanted to finish. But how or, was sorry, the moose? How was the moose? <laughs> Unfortunately, all its legs were broken. I hit it side up, sideways, and uh, it had to be put down. But the folks that helped me, though, they got a big freezer full of meat, so that was good. But <laughs> um, I was okay, though. I was fine. My car was totaled, but I ended up in a Greyhound, and not knowing what I wanted to do with my world of work when I came back. And right around that time, a friend introduced me to some Christopher West tapes, and I have not ever looked back. There's been such an incredible topping off of my education through the theology of the body. It tied everything together. It made me, it gave me vocabulary that I had lacked in certain areas as far as big, hard moral issues. I was very um, edified just, you know, by knowing that the church has always taught this stuff, but that it was a vocabulary that John Paul II and then Christopher West had broken down into a language that made sense for our times, and it took me to a different level of being able to explain why we believe what we believe as Catholics, especially in the realms of who are we as a human person, why are we here, what are we doing, what are these moral issues all about, and why do we hold on to this as Catholics, and the the purpose of your life, you know, what is your vocation, what is the goal of life, you know, ultimately heaven, the whole, the whole picture was painted out there, and it gave me the words that I, I knew got at to got at the root of social problems. You know, every social problem that's out there is because people don't know their own dignity and they don't know the dignity of the other. And the way that we act on things affects everyone, obviously. And so the, just how everything is so interconnected, not knowing what the definition of love is leads to a ton of problems, not knowing... Um, the goodness of your personhood, you know, all these things are very interconnected. And the theology of the body draws out those particular uh, points because John Paul II understood that when people were reacting to big, hard moral issues in the church and thinking, why does the church teach this? He recognized it was because they did not remember who they were made to be in the beginning and who they are meant to be as persons who have been redeemed by Christ. So there is there's an incredible tie-in then from all I learned in social work about the human person and then what I learned about what our church truly believes about the human person. And I knew that social work wasn't going to cut it. I had to do something else, but I didn't really know until, you know, a couple years later what I really wanted to do was to lead retreats. And, uh, and part of me, because I had always done outdoor things in my life, I knew that getting people into the outdoors without their electronics, without, you know, interruption, having a little bit of silence with the Lord was going to be an extremely healthy combination. And so to try and bring Catholic stuff like the Mass and prayer and, you know, just time alone with the Lord into an outdoor experience of camping and hiking or canoeing or whatever the case may be, depending on where I go, um, these are all things that I was able to tie in. Everything that I learned from my social work degree, everything I learned through later on, learned through theology, both informally and then later formally through my master's degree, um, it just became an incredible combination that culminated in creating my nonprofit Into the Deep so that I could bring people on ID retreats. 
You know, it's, it's and so, if you aren't picking up on it, the ID is meant to be an acronym for identity as well as into the deep. So. Oh, really? For identity and into the deep. We're talking with Jen Messing. Yeah. She has uh, the ministry uh, Into the Deep. Her website is idretreats.org. And, you know, the theology of the body is, was such a significant thing at just the right time. I remember I, I read through the 139 homilies. They're all there on EWTN. And then I found Christopher West. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> much more, Good much more, you. much more readable. Uh, in fact, I'm rereading his book now. I'm reading it to someone actually. Uh, I think it's the one called "Fill Our Hearts." And then there's awesome. another really good book that's um, I listened to recently on Audible, call, uh, and it's called "Call to Love," which is a more, I guess, a little bit more. I don't know how to say it. A little bit more scholarly approach uh, for those who want to go a little deeper in in that way. But uh, okay. Jesus has called us. God has called us um, to full relationship with Him. And uh, we, our, our desires, all this desire that we have, even a desire for food, if you go down to the very basic level of it, it's the, the, the desire is really to, to be fed uh, by God. Uh, I'm Bear Wozniak. I'm your uh, adventure guide in Deep Adventure Radio. We're talking with Jen Messing with uh, Into the Deep Ministries, idretreats.org. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio, where the surf is always up. This is Barbara McWiggin. Don't miss The Good Fight, EWTN's live radio talk show on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. What does it profit a man to conquer the whole world if he cannot conquer himself? The saints are Mother Church's greatest conquerors. We only have one life to live. Let us together strive for sanctity while we have the breath to breathe. The Good Fight, Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. God bless you. Are people challenging your faith? Do you wish you knew how to explain it better? Well, then tune in to hear Father Mitch Pacwa and his guests setting the record straight on all matters faith and reason. Next time on EWTN Live, only on EWTN. EWTN Live with Father Mitch Pacwa is seen and heard around the world. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. All across the nation, People are tuning in to truth on the EWTN radio network. Even though I am a Southern Baptist, I love my local Catholic radio station, and I recommend it to all my friends, Catholic and non-Catholic. Since I joined the church a decade ago, access to Catholic radio has been a must for me and my family. To have EWTN broadcasting locally with such faith-filled and wholesome programs is a real blessing. To find out more, go to EWTN.com slash radio. It's about virtue, truth, strength, beauty, faith. It's about grace. Listen to Women of Grace with Jeanette Bankovic weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, only on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue, number 73. I just had a really difficult experience and I have to face it every day. But what it is, it's that my prayer time has to end at some point. I have to, I have to get up and leave and start my, my work day. There's a scripture verse that says, I'm asleep but my heart is awake. In the early morning hours, 
I, I can hardly wait to get up and go greet the Lord um, and make that cup of coffee. Lately, I've been down in Cocoa Beach, Florida, been doing a, a reality show and working out here. And I get up early, go down to the beach, my cup of coffee. I start by reading the readings from Mass, and I pray the Liturgy of the Hour, the Office of Readings. I read a chapter uh, or a couple pages from the Catholic Catechism. I read a chapter from The Imitation of Christ, and lately I've been reading William Gately's book on the 33 days of consecration to Jesus through Mary. And I just let that time of prayer, those, those prayers and my readings just carry me into the presence of the Lord. It just reminds me of I see those pelicans in the morning as they fly together. They just seem like one. They just soar back and forth and up and down. And then they gracefully fly along the, the crest of the wave, and their feathers almost seem to touch that wave. And that's the way my heart feels. I feel just so close to the Lord and such a desire to be one with him. And the sun comes up and I hold my breath through the sunrise and say the Jesus prayer. But then there comes that time when I have to leave. I have to go and, and, and start the other part of my life. I bring the Lord with me, though. I cherish him in my heart. And I pray the liturgy of the hours through the day. But it's the hardest thing in the world is to, is to leave uh, my time of prayer. And I invite you to experience that time of prayer with the Lord every day. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 73. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak. Suffering in paradise for you. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. We have as our co-adventure guide, Jen Messing, with Into the Deep uh, Retreats. Her website is idretreats.org. She's someone you really don't want to trust to lead you on a, on a hike. Uh, her very first hike of her very first retreat, she started them off on the exact opposite direction. And, Jen, I know that you recently went to Molokai, and I've been to uh, the, 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 the sea cliffs that, that are over uh, Kalapapa where uh, St. Damien and St. Marianne were uh, down below mm. taking care of the um, – the, uh, le- the the lepers and and I can t- I can guarantee you this that if you were leading a retreat uh, from the top of that cliff and you had taken them in the wrong direction, it'd have been about a two thousand foot drop. So I'm I'm glad that you you started somewhere other than there. Um, so so tell us about your little experience in Molokai. What was that all about? You know that my dad was a deacon there. My home that's my home island, uh, and you can call it Molokai or you can call it Molokai. Yeah, talk to talk to us about that experience. Yeah. Yeah, that actually was a collaborative experience. I uh, came to meet Father Nathan Cromley of the community of St. John uh, about a year and a half ago, and he is also leading outdoor trips. Um, He calls his ministry his Eli Ministry, um, and he wanted to go to Hawaii to do a backpacking adventure. That got altered slightly, and we never ended up actually backpacking. We ended up base camping the whole time, but... We did two islands. We did uh, Volcano National Park and Mauna Loa on the big island, and then we went to Molokai and were able to actually hike down the trail that goes in onto the peninsula. Um, we thought it was the actual trail that <laughs> Father Damien had hiked, but then we were told by multiple people that that wasn't the exact trail that he would hike. That was a newer trail. So, But it was still a powerful pilgrimage. We were able to the places that he had been and to hear the stories from the locals and um, in fact actually there was an EWTN crew that came with us to videotape some of what we did so uh, it was a powerful powerful pilgrimage both from the sense of 
climbing a mountain, you know, Mauna Loa is nothing to play with, even though it's very gradual, it's very long and arduous just because it's so gradual, it actually makes it mentally a lot more difficult. And then we were able to um, just experience the very different beauty of volcanic territory, you know, just the black lava that's been hardened over things and things that are trying to grow, but it takes forever, you know, it's a very interesting spiritual analogy there. Uh, and then we were able to take the little planes over to Molokai and experience much more of a, a quiet journey of meeting with the priests there. We went and, and visited the churches that um, Father Damien actually built with his own hands, and then we were able to spend quite a bit of time down on the peninsula. We actually got extra time uh, with the guide because of having EW10 crew down there with us. We were able to see a little more than the average crew, but we were able to uh, explore and pray our way down and back up. So, so you know, it's, it's interesting, the Kalapapa experience with uh, St. Damien when they were uh, trying to see what miracles may have been done in his name. Uh, Mother Teresa wrote, what more miracle do you need than the fact that he brought hope in a hopeless situation? Uh, now mm. people can be healed of Hansen's disease with a couple rounds of... I, of I don't know. I think it's I don't know if it's penicillin or something else, but they can be treated in two weeks and be healed. Uh, but yeah. for those people, it was not only a death uh, a, a death sentence, but uh, for those who touched them and cared for them, it was too. And so we see right. Saint Damien, this vibrant young man, uh, going there and serving them. And you know the the one thing that he did. I, I've read his diary. I've read his journal. Is he? Mm. Perhaps you have too. But he had a daily. A, a, he had a rigorous daily discipline, and his mm. day always began with an hour of prayer. And he would t- take time out each, all through the day to do that because he knew if he didn't have that to sustain him, he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't be able to do anything. But I want to ask you, uh, your vision for the Into the Deep retreats, uh, what is that vision and, and how, are we, how, how can people get involved with that? Right on. Well, I would say the, the goal of Into the Deep in general is to help facilitate a more true understanding of our identity as persons, our reason for being, our dignity as bodyful persons made in the image of God. You know, this is always the undercurrent of everything that I'm doing. But the development of ID retreats came directly from a desire to have more time to talk about the issues at hand. Um, I give a lot of one-hour talks, you know, throughout the year I'm giving talks constantly, but the pain of that is that you have one hour and <laughs> you can't get to everything. The theology of the body is a very rich teaching and it has many layers. And when you understand all those layers, things start to pop. They start to make sense. But you, you have to cram it in when you have an hour. And my desire was to not only have more time with people so they could digest what they were hearing and hear things more in layers, but also to give people a space to actually hear the Lord and to and to be what I in what I call his, his original cathedral. You know, the outdoors um, before we had buildings. That was what God gave us to see a glimpse of Him, to see a glimpse of His glory, to see a glimpse of His beauty, and to have the silence that is in the outdoors. It's it's still full of sound in the sense of you know you're hearing birds and you're hearing the wind blow through the trees. But the analogies are so powerful that it seems, my experience at least in the 10 years, well, actually 13, 14 years that I've been leading trips, um, it's just that people's walls come down 
and they're so conscious of the fact that God is with them. And it's not that I would ever advocate for, you know, getting rid of going to Mass at, in church, but I would say that the powerful reality of having Mass in the outdoors is also that you you see that host being lifted, and there is something extremely powerful about knowing that all the entire universe is bowing down to this humble God that has been given to us in a simple wafer of bread. Like, it's, it's a mind-blowing experience, and to have the backdrop of mountains or lakes or sunsets or what have you as a backdrop to the Mass has been extremely powerful because we know that that is the original cathedral God gave us to see a glimpse of his beauty and his grandeur and a glimpse of heaven. Yeah. Yeah, the reality of having silence, too, is something that's just so rare, and people are so stuck on their electronics and their phones, etc., are in their faces all the time, that I wanted a way to, <laughs> you know, even if people sneak them along, they'll sneak along, after five days, the, their batteries are going to die somewhere, and they're going to be to uh, to deal with it. So it's kind of been my my desire is to uh, have more time with people and to into an experience of beauty and and quiet. So they well, can connect. Let, you, here's a way of looking at it: uh, you go to Molokai, there's no sound of anything but nature, and mm-hmm. it turns out nature is very loud. <laughs> but it's not. But it's not noisy. It's not. It's, it's not noisy. You know. But it's not noisy. Right. Nature is very loud. I, I was in um, the stillness of Montana, up in the um, by Glacier Park. I had a cabin about four miles from Canada, right on the border of Glacier Park. And I remember being up there, and uh, in, in the in the early fall, the first snowfall, all the birds had gone, so there were no birds chirping. There, there was no leaves to be walked on by animals because the snow was six inches deep. Uh, mm. There was no wind. And it mm. was utter silence. Wow. It was so quiet that I would hear people talk, but it was only in my mind. You know, yeah, it's that yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah. That's the stillness that God yeah. God wants to call us to. But But the reality is this, is that God is always speaking to us. Nature mm. is always loud. But mm-hmm. um, there's too much noise for us to hear. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so yeah. Jesus always invited his disciples to go away with him to a quiet place. And I know the first thing I do in the morning is uh, I always have my prayer time at sunrise and sunset, uh, you, mm. outdoors, uh, I, you know, and, I begin, and, I, and I do my liturgy of the hours. Uh, and uh, in the evening, I always hold my breath through the sunset you know, and pray the Jesus prayer through the sunset. And... Uh, and I take myself outside into nature so that I can, you know, just experience, you know, I experience this, the sunrise, the sunset. I experience the star, stars going out, the stars, you know, uh, blinking on. And, and so we, you know, we challenge people to get, get, uh, get to a quiet place. Now, that quiet place may well be uh, in Eucharistic adoration, you know, at your church. But go someplace yeah. where the noise gets turned down and you can hear. Because God is speaking and the word he keeps speaking is Jesus. Um, Jen, how can people find you? We're going to take a break here in a moment, but uh, tell us uh, the best way for them to find you. Sure, yeah. Um, Sometimes it gets a little confusing. People often aren't sure (laughs) where to go because Into the Deep is the name of the organization that I run. That obviously is a very common phrase because it's a Bible verse, so there were no more Into the Deep websites. So I went with my retreat names, idretreats.org is my website. 
And on there, there is a, a button for contacting us, and so there is a way to either email or call me directly. Um, it's something where you can call and ask what upcoming things are going on by looking at the calendar or asking me directly. You can actually um, suggest that I come to speak somewhere. That's all on there. There are topic suggestions and um, a few rundowns of the variety of talks that I give. They're all listed in there. So the, so the um, website is idretreats.org. And it is. And we're speaking, with Jen, we're speaking with Jen Messing, uh, famous for leading her first uh, group of hikers on her first retreat in the exact opposite direction. She's pretty much world famous for that. Um, I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and we're going to be right back with Jen Messing and more of Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. EWTN is now on Twitter. Get short, timely messages from EWTN on your computer or cell phone. It's easy to stay up to date on a wide variety of topics. Pro-life news, Vatican announcements, catechesis, apologetics, the latest EWTN programming, and more. You can link to EWTN on Twitter from our homepage or go to twitter.com slash EWTN. At work, at home, at school, and on the road, stay connected to your world with EWTN's Twitter page. On the next Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. We'll keep you closely connected to the faith with the latest from Rome, the front lines of the pro-life movement, and we'll also take a look at other crucial issues facing you and your family in our one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Catholic Connection, weekday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Deep Adventure Radio has challenged you to accept the wild adventure of God's will. Now, go even deeper with Bear's best-selling book, Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul. In story after story, Bear takes us along as he paddles deep, surfing alongside whales and dolphins and avoiding killer sharks. Bear shares his experiences of the ocean in an intimate and exciting way. We share in his pain, healing through God, and the joy of finding that deep, intimate relationship with him. As the story unfolds, you'll see how surfing has become the metaphor for the journey toward intimacy with God. Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul, will stir your own desire to go deeper into your faith. Order it today at deepadventure.com for your own faith journey or for someone who needs to go deeper. Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul by Bear Wozniak. Available at deepadventure.com. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. You know, we have the advantage here um, at Deep Adventure. I can take, uh, I'm Bear Wozniak, by the way. I can take my guest, Jen Messing, uh, offline while we're at the break. And, and, and we can talk a little bit. And during the break, she started to make all these excuses about how she, how she you know, really, truly can lead people in the correct direction when she's leading hikes. Um, we started out the show talking about how on her very first retreat, on the very first hike, she led them in the exact opposite direction. And so, Jen, you can go ahead. We're going to give you deep adventure redemption here. You, can, you, you got a chance now to defend your hiking and, and compassing and navigation ability. you got 30 seconds. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know if I can defend that particular action, but I can at least vouch for the fact that I did do a old trip, which not everybody knows about, but it's a high adventure type of thing where I had to navigate with a map and with a compass for the entire three weeks we were in the mountains, so and no trails. So I am capable of it. It's just, yeah, that particular day was, yeah. Okay, exactly. so those of you have heard, those of you have heard her excuse, if you'd like to email us, 
Uh, you can go to our website, <laughs> deepadventure.com, and you can give us a plus or a minus whether you think she's satisfied, she's satisfied uh, and we can redeem her from her pitiful first effort as a hike as a hike guy, a hiker guy. Hey, but you know, Jen, <laughs> the reason why I have you on my show is because I just really dig what you're doing with your into the deep retreats and uh, your um, your depth of, of understanding and theology of the body. And uh, and so I want to give you this open chance now to uh, say what you want to say, but I'd like for you to address men, and then I would like for you to address women. In other words, bring bring it uh, with that sort of um, clarity. Yeah. I would say one of the main concepts that I dig into with folks, especially when we have more time on a on a camping trip retreat, is really coming to grips with what does our what language does our body speak? You know, the the theology of the body. The main concept is that our that our bodies speak a language. They teach us something about God. That is what the the phrase theology of the body means. You know to teach us something about God, and specifically that our bodies teach us about the love of God, this language is spoken directly through the concrete structures of our bodies. And the simple reality is that men's bodies speak a language of going out of themselves to give love and to conceive life, to bring life into the world. Women's bodies are structured in such a way that we actually receive love to conceive life within us and bear life to the world. Those, they're not random. This is something that God wanted to tell us something. He wanted to teach us something through our very bodies when he made us male or female. So to, to recognize that reality is something that I think our culture has obliterated or tried to obliterate. It can't be obliterated, but they try to. And in that, process of our culture kind of trying to whittle away at that belief, we, we, we struggle with knowing what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? What is masculinity? What is femininity? And I think the biggest challenge that I can put out there is to ask people to remember, to ponder, how did God make us to be in the beginning? He made us good. He made us dignified. He gave us life. And these are things that sometimes we, we struggle with the baseline, knowing that we're made equal, we're made equal as men and women, but then we get to difference, and the world is screaming at us that that it doesn't matter, but we have to remember that God gave us our bodies with a purpose, and so to recognize this and to know, okay, masculinity and femininity, male and female, they mean something. What do they mean? And so to to call the men out and to to really take the time to meditate on this and remember who have you been made to be. God has given you a body that is strong. It's made to protect. It's made to provide. There's a drive in your heart to protect and to provide. That is something that you have been given the part of, you know, together as male and female, we, we image God separately and together. And the part that you're playing is to image God's fatherhood, to make a gift of yourself, to lay down your life, to sacrifice, to look at the cross and remember that that is your model. Like your call is to love your bride as Christ loved the church. So to make a total gift of yourself, to go out of yourself, to lay down your life, to die to yourself, these are all part of the call of a man to love. And we as women, we have been given the beauty factor. We image 
the part of God that is beauty incarnate. We also image this whole reality of the Trinity, where we recognize that God is constantly giving and receiving love for all eternity within the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're constantly giving and receiving love. So we are the part of the equation where in receiving God's love, we actually can conceive life physically in our bodies and bear life to the world. We're the archetype of all humanity, as JP2 would say, as in everyone can look at the body of woman and know the call of man in general. We are all called to receive the love of God, bear, conceive his life within our hearts, and to bear his life to the world. Every single human person is called to that. And, and so to have that complementarity speak to us, to pray on it, to reconcile in our hearts, where do we rebel against it? Because these, these lies have to be untwisted. Our culture has thrown so much crap at us that we want to always recenter on who did God make us to be, not what, did the, what does the culture tell us we are, but who did God make us to be? Who are we as man? Who are we as woman? And in what ways do we need to untwist any lies, or really, how do we need to allow God to get into our hearts and untwist those lies and show us the truth? These are, these are ways that are mysterious, but very concrete at the same time, and so they're very plainly seen. We can look at the very structure of man and woman and think, oh, right, give and receive love. That's what we're all called to, whether it is, you know, as a single, as a celibate, as a married person, Every one of us, our bodies teach us something about God, the giving and receiving of love, and it can be as small as smiling at someone because your body is radiating joy. It can be as big as dying on the cross. You're laying your life down. And so there's a whole range of life-giving love that we are called to, and our bodies are the first thing that God gave us to see a glimpse of what that looks like. It's the, that, it's the first gospel. Really? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We're talking. Yeah. With, we're talking with Jen Messing, and I do have to correct you on one thing. You said that a body gives God gives us a, a concrete structure in our bodies, but mine's actually made out of steel. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I love it. we have we have we have Jen Messing with us, and she's from. I've been messing with her a little bit, but we have Jen. She's a delight. So stoked that we have her on our show, and um, you can find her at idretreats.org. And uh, in spite of her, uh, my kidding with her, she, she uh, gives beautiful retreats. I know I want to go on one, and um, they're called uh, Into the Deep Retreats, and yeah. you can find her at idretreats.org. Uh, Jen, thank you so much uh, for joining us and going deep with us. You are welcome. <laughs> and just a tiny plug, we're going to the Porcupine Mountains in Michigan this summer and the Yosemite National Park in September oh. for any adult. That sounds so great. I've heard of Yosemite. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a new Disneyland, <laughs> right? They're just almost done building it. Uh, but no, uh, we've been join, joined with Jen Messing as our co-adventure guide. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and uh, we're not done. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. Hi, this is Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com with this week's Surf's Up for deepadventure.com. I remember back when I was in high school, I took driver's education. Now, at the time, I had this big old Dodge Charger, humongous car with a big dent in the side of it, and I would always drive it a little bit recklessly when I was younger. But when I had driver's ed, I felt confident because I learned that when you are 
driving on ice, what you need to do is accelerate slightly and turn into the skid. Well, that was great. I thought I was really confident I was going to handle any situation. Now, where I'm from, I grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We have a lot of ice and snow. So one day I was driving the car. I ended up getting on ice, and I remembered my directions, but I totally panicked. And instead of doing what I was supposed to do, I turned away from the skid, and I put my foot on the brake. So as a result, what happened was the car started to spin. And you know, when I tell this story, it sounds funny, but I remember that so many times when we look back in sacred scripture, we see people who panicked in the same way that I did. When the apostles were traveling in a boat with Jesus, Jesus was right with them. They began to panic when the storm kicked up at sea. My friends, so many times we do the same thing in our lives. We know the rules. We know the Lord's there. We know he's with us all the time. But what happens? We panic just as I did when I was driving on ice. And my advice to you is to always remember the Lord is with you. He's with you at all times. He's got your back. He knows what you're about to get yourself into. He knows the end of the story, even if you don't. Trust that he's there. Try not to panic. And when you find yourself in a difficult situation, instead of giving in to worry, turn to the Lord, and trust in His providence. My friends, this is Gary Zimak from FollowingTheTruth.com with this week's Surf's Up for DeepAdventure.com. Surf's Up. Go deep or go home. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. We want to invite you guys, please, to go to our website, DeepAdventure.com, and sign up. The Renegade Rosary Run is running. Is going to be on the 16th and the 17th of January. You choose the time, the day, and the what. You can do a, you can go snow skiing, you can go snowboarding, you can go hiking, you can go running, you can go surfing, you can go stand-up paddling. You can go, someone we have is going hang gliding. You can go skydiving. But what we want you to do is we want you to do a 5K or something approaching that. And while you're doing that, to join us as we pray um, the rosary through three times. You know, when the rosary was first given, there are three sets of mysteries given. So when you start out with the first three Hail Marys and then go through the rosary three times, you actually say 153 Hail Marys. That's the same amount of fish that Peter caught when Jesus said to him, throw your net out. And he said, at your command, Lord, I'll throw my net. Uh, let's uh, join together. Go to our website. Join a lot of other the, of the renegades, the Ohana, the followers of Deep Adventure Radio. We've got people in Russia. We've got people in Brazil. We've got people all over America. I want some people in in uh, France and England also, to join us as we do whatever you want to do. Come just email us, send us pictures of what you're doing. And we have three intentions that we want you to pray for as you go through, uh, as you uh, participate with us on our very first Renegade Rosary Run. Uh, so go to deepadventure.com, find about our webinar that's going to be, uh, we're going to be hosting soon to talk more about it too. Uh, go to deepadventure.com and you can do that. Sign up for our newsletter too. This is Bear Wozniak. May the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Aloha! This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio's.